0: Welcome to IntelliCast. I am Brian Peterson. IntelliCast is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can get a hold of us by email at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com or on Twitter at EMI underscore research or at IntelliCast1. Uh, still waiting on someone to text me or leave me a voicemail at 513-401-5463. Joining me today is Gabby Blados. Gabby, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks, Brian. Hi, everyone.
0: Yeah. First time on, isn't it?
1: First time on, I would say, for a true IntelliCast podcast. I've done some like (laughs) conference recaps and whatnot, but this is really probably the
0: true first podcast. The true first one. So, yeah, that's true. So you and i just d- finished up an interview uh, we were joined today by Brianna Boyer she is the senior director of solutions strategy over at AYTM and we were talking agile research what would you think of the interview
1: i think i think it's a great interview i think people are really going to like it um whether probably people realize it or not i think agile is quickly approaching into more of our day to day and it's you know excited to see her hear her take on, you know, how she approaches it, you know, when to use it, when not to use it. Um, But I think it's a really interesting conversation that's going to open up from it.
0: I agree. Yeah. I like that the fact that it wasn't pitched as it was the end all for everything, like it can be used for everything. And she, Brianna came out and it's like, it is not a fit for everything. She even gave the example of trackers. It's not not a fit for that. You you can't move away from that. So it's glad to see that it is realistic that we know it's not a solution for everything, but it could be a solution that could fill some gaps that may people may have with their overall research. Right.
1: Absolutely. May not be everything, but there's definitely something.
0: Right. So uh, I guess with that, let's jump right into the interview. Now we are joined by Brianna Boyer, the senior director of solution strategy at AYTM. Brianna, thanks for coming on the podcast.
2: Hey, Brian. Thanks for inviting me. Really excited to be here and talk about some Agile research. Not to give away the topic, but...
0: yeah, <laughs> No, you didn't give it away. Before we jump in on that, though, um, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get into market research?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think like most people, not traditionally, right? It was never the intention to end up here, but... Yet here I am. So about ten years ago, um, was in Dallas and found a job opportunity with this really small research consulting firm called Troubadour, and was fortunate enough to get the job. Started up as a research analyst and just kept. Kept working in the space for ten years. Really loved understanding, you know, what businesses were trying to understand from the consumer side. As a consumer myself, right? Like, oh, businesses do care about our perspective. That's wonderful. Um, and then, you know, obviously understanding what consumers do care about. So, working up through kind of the full service world and making my way to AYTM, and now helping a lot of clients make this agile transformation.
0: So. Uh- I have been asking that question, we're in season seven now, so for seven years, I can count probably on one hand the number of people who said, I came to market research on purpose. Everyone's like, I, was, I went to school for this and kind of fell into it, or I saw this, I saw this ad and all that, so everyone has, seems to fall into this industry.
2: Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, but at least there's comfort in numbers, right?
0: Right. And the joke is- if- interesting. The joke is if we actually put some effort into it, think of what we could do.
2: <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that lack of intentionality is, is a good thing or not, but we, we seem to be doing all right, I think.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned Agile Research, and that's why we are having you on today. Um, it's been a growing methodology over the past few years. I know myself. I am not on the research side. I'm the marketer. I'm not ex- sure exactly what that means, So, and I'm sure some of our listeners don't as well. So I thought it would be great to kind of talk about what Agile research is. I know high-level Agile has been kind of creeping into different industries and job functions over the last few years. I know it's a software kind of development component. I actually use Agile marketing, which I learned almost a decade ago. Use a Trello board, cards, all that other fun stuff. But what would you say Agile research actually means?
2: Yeah, it's it's a great question because I think a lot of people have applied their own definition to it. Uh, So it can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, right? But the way that I think about it is, and this sounds really simple and obvious, but it's applying this agile methodology and mindset to research. And I think that's the part that gets a little bit lost since agile is just a word that we might use in, in normal conversation, but it at its core, in this context, is a methodology. To your point, that started in software development, it's it's a way of thinking about how to develop or make progress, make change. That's a little bit different from traditional methods. So, a lot of times, agile research is often used. I that I've seen as synonymous with DIY research or short, kind of that that quick and dirty research. And I understand that because I think we often see those characteristics in Agile research. They tend to be shorter studies. They tend to have more do-it-yourself components to them. But I think that's a byproduct of the larger values and principles behind Agile. So traditional research, I, I think, are generally seen as these larger scale studies, right? they are larger efforts, longer timelines, much larger scope. We're trying to answer a lot of questions in this one big comprehensive piece of research, a lot of times there's service components to it, right? And this is kind of akin, going back to the software development world, to the waterfall method, where you are trying to you know, answer all the questions because you're going to spend you know, months, years building this product and then release it and see how it goes. The problem is that is a very long process. It can be very resource intensive. And the reality is that the world keep, keeps moving and changing that entire time, right? What you thought you might needed at the beginning is not necessarily what you might think you need now, but you've invested all this time and you just kept going along, right? So Agile is focused on just enough, just in time. Um, So thinking about taking more incremental steps, iterating, right? Focusing on key questions right now. What can we answer right now that helps us move on But we might repeat this process two weeks from now where we have another question or we want to revisit and revalidate, right? So it's just, you know, this idea of eliminating waste. Don't get bogged down in that process. We don't need to spend months trying to answer this one question, but use tech, use automation to get faster answers, get just enough information to keep us going along in that cycle, and then repeating that often for this kind of progressive change or innovation.
0: That's great. Would you say that like shorter surveys are a component of this? I know with traditional methods, there's always been the talk, at least on the sample side, of we need to stop doing the forty-five minute surveys with tons of grid questions and ton of open ends. They need to be shorter, more engaging. So is with Agile, is it a component of instead of asking a lot of questions that skirt around what you're trying to ask? Do you just get right to the point and maybe it's only four or five questions versus maybe 20?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of room to pull things in, rein things in from some of those, you know, 45 minute studies that I think we've all seen. I know I'm, I'm kind of guilty, if you will, of, of running those or working on those at times. Um, And, you know, I, I think there's a middle ground to be had, I don't think that we have to strip it all the way down to we're just going to ask two, three questions in a really straightforward way and we'll be done. Um, You know, from a research standpoint, there are concerns with that too, right? I think another kind of hot topic over the last few years, decade is implicit in system one, right? Like asking people exactly what they want and think is not always the best method, right? I think there's still ways to have a five minute. Survey, a seven-minute survey Mm -hmm. that really gets at your key objectives, your key questions in whatever methodology is appropriate, even if it's a more advanced or complex method, but you are keeping that LOI shorter. And that really comes down to, again, just stripping away the excess. And one of the the challenges I know we'll we'll talk, you know, focus on challenges here in a minute, but it's it's thinking about what must we have, what should we have. What could we have, right? That's a framework that very common in software development. Anything that's in that could have bucket, just get rid of it. Just put it to the side, probably don't need it, right? That might get us to 90% of perfect information, but 70% is probably good enough, right? So let's stick to the must-haves, maybe throw in a couple should-haves, and I think you would be amazed at how quickly that LOI gets reduced when you start to think about it in that way.
0: No, that's great. Well, you kind of opened it up. What are some of the challenges with agile research?
2: I think it's making that mindset shift, really, and then ultimately the behavior shift, right? So, when you're working with your stakeholders to understand, okay, what are the key learnings that we need to get out of this? What are the consumer insights that we want to bring to the table? You are depending on how many people you're you're talking to, and usually in larger organizations, it's a it's a lot everybody's going to have their own ideas, right? Everybody's going to have their own questions and you might start the project one day and the next week, you know, your colleague comes to and says, Oh, actually it'd also be great if we could answer this question too. Right. And that's where you really need to get buy-in across the board from your stakeholders to your team, to even kind of within yourself, right. To say with this approach, we are just going to keep it tight. We're going to keep it focused If there's another question that can be addressed later, we're gonna table that for now. We're gonna keep it small. We're gonna keep it moving, and you can't do that if not everyone's bought into it, right? Um, I think ultimately, it's just the challenges of change management is what you're up against, and change is hard. So, you know, there's there's a lot of work to be done there, and it's not gonna happen overnight. So, making sure that you know you're you're being empathetic about asking people to change, and you're you're being you know, realistic about how long that's going to take, I think is important.
0: Okay. What would be a realistic like timeframe that you're thinking or that you kind of see as you see clients take on this agile research methodology?
2: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, one of the the core principles of, of agile is not getting bogged down in process, yet making a transformation like this is a hundred percent a process and does take time. Um, you know, I think that there are small ways to get started. So, you know, in that sense, maybe just a couple of weeks to find the right partner in terms of a supplier or vendor to allow you to conduct the research, but just starting with a small project, you know, that's enough to to start that clock, but the full long-term agile transformation, I mean, that can take, truly can take years um because i think it is a journey especially when you do start to talk about where do it yourself or diy becomes a little bit synonymous with agile that's going to require having a different skill set that you might not have today and you know you have a day job so the job of learning to do more things yourself or building up those other skills is going to come progressively over time it's not going to happen overnight so you know i would say generally I've seen, you know, six months to a year to really kind of getting started or implementing this program, but it's a continuous process and that can take, you know, three, five plus years.
0: Okay. So similar to any sort of software development as well, it's, you get the starting point going and then it's an ongoing process.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, like with any process, it's just important to not get discouraged and give up right? You have to power through it and have to know it's not going to be easy. Again, change management in any form is incredibly difficult in a journey. So making sure that you are committed to it, you're aligned with your team and, you know, you're going to stick with it through the good, the bad, you're going to learn from, you know, what's working and what's not. And you'll, you'll get there. You just have to be a little bit patient.
0: Great. Now you mentioned challenges, what about some of the benefits?
2: Yeah, so there's kind of two sides to the benefits in my mind. But overall, I would say it's just reducing that time to insight, right? And ultimately, I think that's what we're all trying to achieve um, across our stakeholders with our kind of our own teams and our own roles, right? So from the stakeholder side, I think what budget holders especially love to hear are the benefits around, we're going to be able to do this quicker. Um, you know, from start to finish, we're not trying to design this perfect study and address everybody's questions, it's going to be less resource intensive. Um, You know, the internal resource and cost and people hours, right? Um, But also in service and support costs, if we're not taking 12 months to execute this, this research and 12 weeks of people's time, you know, that's, that's expensive. So it's often more cost-effective and less resource-intensive overall. Now, I very clearly want to make sure it's not always cheap, right? Um, And I think that's a good thing. Cheap is not always good. Another hot area, respondent quality, audience quality, right? And so there's cost to it. I don't want to say or imply that cost is going away, but it definitely would be more cost-effective because that streamlining effect can translate to dollars saved. But ultimately, as insights leaders, what that all translates to are efficiencies that allow for more instances of research to be brought into the conversation, to be brought into the process, right? If you have a team that is working on a project and, you know, they have a deadline that's four weeks out and you go, wait, you know, we want to get some consumer data. We want to influence this project. If you only have a week to do that, a traditional research project is going to take far more time than that, right? You'll be lucky if you're out a field in a week. Um, but if you take that agile mindset approach and you have agile tech in place and partners, you might be able to turn something around in a day or two. We actually had a client in the food and beverage space have this exact situation happen where they were exploring these new flavors right? It was a high visibility project. They started out with something like two dozen flavors that they were considering and they wanted to bring some consumer, you know, feedback into that process. Well, initial ideas fell apart because quickly that number ballooned to 87, going back to that idea of the more people you involve, the more (laughs) ideas there are, right? And so now we're up to 87 flavors. How can we possibly bring consumer insight into this process in a reasonable time and they were able to do that you know, using AYTM. They were able to run a quick project, have data back within, I believe it was 24 to 36 hours, show up to this meeting and present data and take away the element of, oh, we're just going to make a gut decision or we're going to let the lead stakeholder decide how we're going to proceed. The the consumer actually got a voice in that process. And I think as insights leaders, that's something that we all get really excited about, right? One, it reinforces the value of insights in the process. And it also just makes sure that we're really working to deliver what our consumers want and need, right? Right.
1: No, that sounds great. And I think you touch on, you know, something really important. There is obviously the traditional methods of market research. We can have these longer surveys, you know, they're maybe happening monthly, you know, with tracking studies and things like that. Um, So with those kind of larger bodies of work and, you know, what's already in place, how do you think people can use agile research to almost incorporate and, and test in with some of those larger bodies and find those quick insights?
2: Yeah, that's a, it's a great question because, Agile is also not going to be a fit for every project or every need, right? There are going to be times where a more comprehensive piece of research is just needed. And I think a great example of that is the more comprehensive longitudinal brand tracker, right? Where you want to make sure that you have a really good understanding of the competitive landscape. But one thing that we've seen clients do and that have helped clients set up are in between their... Quarterly trackers, their annual trackers, especially for those who don't have budgets for monthly or kind of continuous trackers. Adding in pulse waves, right? Like let's narrow down that questionnaire to just some core metrics that we want to have more pulse waves on and send that out. And maybe that's just a, a five to seven minute questionnaire. We can keep our audience, you know, roughly the same in terms of composition. So it's, you know, comparable to the larger waves, but we're getting that shorter, faster, quick understanding of where are we at today in between
0: those larger projects. That's great. Well, you kind of mentioned that too. Is there a specific sweet spot? I know you mentioned like the pulse waves there, but is there a real sweet spot where agile research like works best?
2: I think what we've seen is Innovation cycles, right? Innovation cycles usually have other teams that are adopting agile principles as well and agile mindset. They're taking iterative approaches, right? So it's a matter of can we just match them in this process? Um, you know, for anything that is a new new initiative or something that you know white space that you really want to dig into, maybe you want to bring some qualitative into this um and it becomes this very large research program maybe you just find spots where as you're designing out what are the the questions that you think you want to ask people or or the areas that you think you want to explore just injecting small bits of you know could could we use some input here are we making assumptions at this stage i think that's a a good way to see can we bring some actual data into this process even for the larger scale. Um, you know, for things like package redesigns, you can put together a quick packaging test, right? Quick concept test. I think all of the the LOIs that we generally find on the shorter side, those are the easier things to adapt. Anything where we're looking at that 40 plus minute LOI, even 30 minute plus LOI, those are usually reflective in in my experience of, more comprehensive research that's being done and probably needs to stay larger at some level. Though, maybe it's larger in total scope, but you take it in more of a phased approach and you run three 10-minute studies, right? So I think it's hard to pinpoint a particular sweet spot. It really is going to be dependent on the situation, how much time you have, realistically you know what your stakeholders are looking for. And then as you get more comfortable in finding how agile works well at your company and maybe when it doesn't work well, determining what that sweet spot is for you.
0: Great. Well, as you're probably aware, AI is the talk of every industry. So I can't really let you off the hook without talking some AI. Um, since the launch of ChatGPT, we know market research has been impacted by generative AI, it seems like every week. There's a new news story. Hey, we have this new AI tool. So to the point where we've even launched a new AI segment, it even has its own music. We launched that last episode. What do you see the future of agile research is and how does AI fit into that?
2: It's it's a big question and it's one that I think whatever answer somebody provides today in six months, a year, three years, we're going to look back and go, Oh, you were thinking so small scale back then, right? I think we're really just on the cusp of understanding and learning where AI can really bring efficiencies into this process um, or any process, right? You know, I think the low hanging fruit that a lot of people think about are helping um, parse through data. Right? Or analyze data, especially open-ended or qualitative data that's text and could be run through something like ChatGPT and you can ask it for a summary from design standpoint, too, right? Like, you know, saying, write me a, a five-minute questionnaire to capture brand awareness and perceptions among you know this list of brands or brands in this competitive space. So, you know, those are I think the sh- the short term and we're seeing plenty of companies start to roll features like that out, right? But moving forward, I think we're going to find opportunities to streamline the process even more. So, maybe it's not just using something like ChatGPT to design a questionnaire, but it's integrated into a platform that also Programs it for you and maybe implements things like that logic or sets up the actual research test for you. Um, on the back end side of things, on the reporting side of things, building out visualizations, um, having potentially chatbots to serve as experts on that data set that you can actually interact with and have a conversation with to dig into that data or extract more insights. Um, you know, it's very possible and, you know, there have certainly been conversations about this where maybe it's going to affect how much we interact directly with an audience to provide their feedback, right? Are we going to start to see more uses of AI to provide kind of a a sense of what we think an audience is, is going to feel or think or, or react to uh, a product, you know? And so – it's, I'm very, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I'm very interested. And I'm also, I think like most people have a healthy skepticism around it as well, right? Um, How, how much is it going to really replace what a human is going to be able to assess and bring that richness into insights? You know, one of the things that I've certainly seen over the years are the impact of verbatims or seeing a clip from an in-person interview or a focus group to to hear it straight from the person's mouth you know that's really impactful and as we start to synthesize and summarize through automation is that going to be lost i don't know we'll see um also going to be very interested to see just you know being on the supplier vendor side how quickly the legal teams at client-side companies are going to be open to, uh, you know, their data and insights being run and, and used with AI models.
0: No, that's a great answer. Um, I've joked on here that for benefits, there's also, I have a healthy, ske- not skepticism, but fear that we're close to Skynet. Maybe that's just because I watch too many movies. But yeah. so with that, um where can people find more information about you, Bri- Brianna, and about AYTM?
2: Yeah, well, it's, that's a great question. Um, you know, our website, AYTM.com, always a great starting place. We have a lot of great content on there to, uh, you know, speak to Agile research overall we've got some really great um, white papers and and use cases and guidebooks. I think we even have one on, you know, kind of starting that agile transformation journey, giving you some tips and tricks for how to get it started, you know, how to work through that change management process, all that good stuff. LinkedIn's also another great resource you can find me on there. I candidly do not know you know the nice little short url at the end but i'm sur- sure if you search brianna boyer i'll pop up at some point and i'll be happy to connect with you
0: I'll, ma- I'll make sure to put the link to your linkedin bio in our show notes
2: you're you're making
0: it so easy i appreciate it <laughs> gabby did you have any other questions
2: no i think the only
1: other thing for me and brianna not to put you on the spot but you mentioned you know how an AI right now, you know, ten years from now, twenty years from now, we're going to look back and say, "Oh my God, we're thinking so small." So, what is your big picture, big ticket item that you see happening with AI?
2: Oh, that is a great question, and I, I am on the spot, but I, you know, want to give you a good answer. Oh, That's such a good question. I think, I think it would be really interesting to get to a place where I mentioned, you know maybe we'll see chatbots that you can interact with to ask questions about the data, right? And you're just having a conversation about the data and learning about insights through that way. What if we've, panel companies, not to put you all on the spot, (laughs) um, at the respondent level, at the panelist level, took all of the data that you have on that person and profiling questions that you ask, answers they provided to studies, that help train a model kind of for that person, right? And then you can start to talk to people. Now, again, I don't want to strip humans out of it because I I do think that there's an element that's going to be lost, right? But if you can have that and then even have people kind of thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, it just, it's it's kind of like that system one implicit on steroids, right? Like we're taking all this information that you've overtly giving us, but we're synthesizing, we're, we're looking below the surface. We're maybe making some connections and uh, connecting dots that, that you aren't. So I don't know, that seems crazy. And on the one hand, I absolutely hate it, but I think it would also be amazing to explore. No, I agree.
1: And I don't know if we're that far off but especially looking at what ChatGPT can do with like different personas and all of that stuff. So I can't say your answer is too far off of, you know, what people are already maybe developing or thinking about. You know, like you said, you don't want to take the human component completely out of research, but there's a place for everything and new developments. So it's going to be exciting to see kind of how all of this unfolds. And maybe we will see your, you know, your idea out there one day and it'll be the norm.
2: You know, I would love that. Personally, I would love to have an AI version of myself where I could ask myself questions like, <laughs> hey, at some point, I, I'm pretty sure I knew the answer to this question, but I don't remember it now. You've got that in there, right? You you can tell me what me three years ago knew on this topic. So yeah, yeah. if somebody wants to get on that, you know, I'm I'm happy to beta test with you. Um, personal knowledge management is, is a fascinating area to me.
0: As long as we can only use that for research and not arguments with our spouses, because I feel like. <laughs> that might lead to me losing a lot more arguments.
2: Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Or we just completely move the argument into the chatbots, And then Let the humans argue. go about their merry way. And we're like, we're just, we're just going to go have some fun. Now you guys figure it out. Which, Let who, us never who, won, win. Who, who won this <laughs> argument? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like it. Well, Brianna, thank you very much for joining us. And we hope that everyone found this episode interesting. Yeah.
2: Well, thank you again for having me. And yeah hope everyone found it interesting if you didn't tell me message me i want to know and if you think my idea is crazy i want to know that too but if you love it i'll take those i'll take those emails too i'm happy to connect with people and get their thoughts on this area i love the uh the discourse around it all i think it's really interesting
0: all right thanks everybody